0: And I want to speak this morning on uh, this part, Associates of the High Priest. And it's very interesting. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 5, the verses 11 to 33. And we know this story before, when uh, Ananias and Sophia thought, They could become very famous people in the church by offering something, but they wanted to do it in a way they thought they can con God. And my last sermon was, you can't con God. You remember that? You can't con God. But it came out, and after all these things happening, and the church still existed further on. Isn't it wonderful? that by any sort of things that might happen to a church, the church is not all extinguished. Chapter 5, verse 11 to 33. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. Now, according uh, to the Bible, we can see the first time in the name of church, Ecclesia was uh, called. At the hand of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. But none of the rest there to associate with them, however, the people held them in high esteem. It's interesting. Uh, thing happening where two people were killed in the presence of God and it brought fear upon the people and the fear of God often is missing in many, many churches and I had to pray sometimes, Lord fill my heart with the fear of God we had a Bible school teacher, or actually he was the superintendent of the German Assembly of God, and he was many, many years in the ministry, and he said, I am still, and I remember him when he was in his high age, I still am quivering in the presence of God. I know I'm speaking the word of God, and the fear of God has gripped him each time. And he said, I want it. Otherwise, if the word of God becomes so to us that we have no regard anymore, then it's bad for us. But we kept reading here. And all the more, verse 14, all the more, believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number, so that in, so to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow made fall on any of them. Also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem, were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. Hallelujah. Yes, just by the shadow of Peter that fell on, on these people. They were all healed. Is that the power of God? Hallelujah. And still there was fear of God in the people. And now, I'm continuing in verse 70. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them into a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison And taking them out, he said, go and stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they called the the council together, even with all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent order to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came, to came did not fight them in the prison, and they returned and reported back, saying, we found the prison house locked quite securely, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these things, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. But someone came and reported to them, the man whom you put in prison are standing in a temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, but they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, we gave you strict order not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have fulfilled uh, Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the Apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't adhere to what men say. And hear what God says and the Spirit of God says, amen. And that was a good attitude. <clears throat> the God of our Fathers, verse thirty, raised up Jesus whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand and as a prince and saviour to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. But when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. So far, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your work you've done through Jesus Christ, and we thank you for salvation in Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word. And Lord, you give us a clear report what's what's going on in the early church, which is a sample for us, Lord. Lord, I want to be a man of God as these apostles were, And Lord, let us be a church like the early church in Jerusalem was. And I pray this morning, Lord, as I'm preaching your word, I pray give grace to preach your word, give grace to listen to your word, and also give grace to act upon your word. In the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Satan tried through the incident of Ananias and Sapphira, we know somehow to disturb the church and to quench the seal of God the church had. But a real seal of God, nothing can quench. Amen? Hallelujah. And we read then even all the more in chapter uh, 5, verse 12. At the hand of the apostles many signs and wonders were taking place among the people and they all were with one accord in Solomon's and portico. So there was something, although Satan tried through the whole thing, something to do that the church could go down. There's one thing for sure, Satan is angry at the church. Amen? Satan is angry at the church. And that you hear this morning, it doesn't make him very happy. Each time you go to church, to prayer meeting, Bible study, or whatever, it angers the devil. Yeah, good. Amen. We don't want to be good friends with him, do we? No? If he is angered, it's his problem. But we praise the Lord Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes, there was something great. Now, God used the apostles all the more. And you can see it always. Where there's affliction or where there's persecution, the church is growing. Yesterday, Ella had something on her iPad. She has got an iPad, you know? And perhaps one day I might have one as well and might preach from a Bible that opens this way, as Pastor Gary does. I still have a Bible that opens this way. But I was amazed how Chinese choir was singing there. We have got no idea what God is doing in China in the underground Hallelujah. Many, many people come to the Lord. Although the church is forbidden, although there is persecution, but they are praising the Lord. And so I was listening to it. She said, come here, Werner, listen, listen. And it was so wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Hallelujah. Now there was a great fear coming upon the church and also upon other people. And we read in verse 11, a great fear came up over the whole church and over all who heard of it or of these things. Here is the word ecclesia, the first time in X being called. We all know what it means, ecclesia. There are a few Greeks who can explain it to you, but I might try to explain it to you as well. It is put together, by two words, X ex and exclasia. That means calling. Ex means out, coming out. And the church is the exclasia, It's the called out one. And it must always be. If the church is mixed with the world, it's no longer an exclasia. It might be a Christian club, but I have got some bad feelings against clubs. I don't clubs, don't like clubs. I like the church. Hallelujah. I like the ecclesia that has been called out of the world. Now the church had a new sense of holiness. Sometimes the churches are also uh, of no sense of holiness. But I tell you what, when you read Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord lifted high, and then he saw his life, and he said, I'm done, I'm done, because I'm of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips, the language they spoke was not a language of glory. was a language of uncleanness. Because I have seen the glory of the Lord. And it brought such a holiness into his life. And also, it was the same thing when Joshua had this incident with a man who saw something precious and valuable when they stormed that city there. And there was Akan. He saw something. He saw a beautiful mantle. He saw gold and silver. He took it. And somehow, as it affected the whole church, if sin can sneak into the church undetected. It has not, let me say, it has got an effect of all the church. The next day, perhaps, they wanted to go and take that little city eye. And they were slain. They came back and said, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. And Joshua went before the Lord and he cried out before the Lord. And the Lord said something. Sin is in the camp. And we know the story. Now Achan, he was detected by God and he was then killed and his family in the valley of Accor, we can read it. He was killed. And then the, the whole Israel, the camp, was free from any, any affliction. And a sense of holiness came upon the people. There was also a great power evident in the church after this. And we read that at the hands of the apostle, God did something. Great. And as I read before, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all in one accord, the way they were before. It's something wonderful if a church is in one accord. Amen? Hallelujah. In one accord. You know what it means, accord? They're not all the same. That doesn't mean they think all the same. You don't have to, sit to think the way I think. But a chord, we can learn something from instruments. They're all different instruments. But one thing you realize they play all different tones. Yes? One might play a B. The other might play an F. And somehow, and you know what we call this? This is an accord. Or chord. That means although different tones, they are harmonizing. And we like when they play here in the front, don't we? Good, I'm practicing very hard. And soon we will have another saxophonist here standing. Yes, and I'm praying for this young man. Hallelujah. And it's great, and it's wonderful to hear a wonderful chord. They play different tones, but they're all harmonizing, amen? Some people think, if, if everything, or everybody thinks like the pastor thinks, then you have unity in the church. No. You have many... Ways of one pastor to sing. Unity is when harmony is there. It doesn't sound odd if somebody plays B flat and another plays F. It doesn't sound odd. It harmonizes. And that's wonderful. And even if a big bass would play, it looks different, plays a different note, But it sounds good, amen. And that's what a chord is. Hallelujah. I'll never be like our dear sister Joan. She is a lovely lovely sister. And sister Joan, I must say, we all do love you. But don't get get a big head now. (laughs) We do love you, hallelujah. I love love everyone. Is it great? Yes. So there was a great power evident and they were in harmony together and the apostles, the Lord did great signs and wonders through the apostles. Hallelujah. There was a wonderful, as I said, unity as well in Psalm 133 verse 1 and there's a wonderful verse and I like this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. That's something wonderful. It's something wonderful. And the Bible says, for there, verse 3b, for there the Lord commands the blessing and life forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we don't have to ask for the blessings of the Lord. If there's unity, then the Lord commands the blessing. Commands, bless this church. And the church has been blessed. Why? Unity. Dwelling together in unity, hallelujah. Not just visiting together in unity, but dwelling. If you dwell with somebody together, then you get to know them the best. I'm dwelling over 50 years together with this young girl here in the front and she knows me the best and I know her the best if you only would have visited every now and then you don't know them but when you live together and that means also marriage when you marry together Then you know exactly what your husband thinks and how he is working, how he ticks. And also you know how your wife is ticking. You know exactly. And that is wonderful. And there the Lord has promised and commands the blessing, hallelujah. There was also a great exclusion. That means this church... There were some, they wanted to become part of the church, but they didn't dare. Or you would say, that's bad. That church has a bad name. Some churches, and I heard of a pastor who said, following, he said, we have lowered our standard in the church. And ever since, we have so many people in the church. Some lowered their standards. I heard of a church, hopefully it's not a church, your brother goes there. And they made, they had Bible studies, and after Bible study they went into a pub and had a nice beer together. And they said, we want to show the people that we are different so I wouldn't go to that church, neither let him go to that church, Pastor Gary, send him to a church where the fire of God is burning. Hallelujah. Now, hypocrites and half-hearted people didn't dare to become a member of the church here in Jerusalem because they esteemed them very, very high. And that's right so. And there was also a great growth. People came and they multiplied. And we read in verse 14, And all the more the believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to the number. So on one day, they had perhaps 5,000 in the church. The next day were 5,010 because God did something and there was a great growth. There was also great wonders and as I said, that Peter, when he was walking on the street and his shadow passed by because there were people who were ill, there were people who were demon-possessed, and as soon as the shadow of Peter passed over them, they were all healed. It's a miracle of God. Peter was a servant of the Lord. Now, in the Orient, there was disbelief. And disbelief was this if you are in the shadow of a person that could be perhaps a bad omen for you. You know what it means, a bad bad omen. I don't believe in omens, I believe in amens. That means it should happen exactly the way. Hallelujah. Now Peter, in this case, he was a servant of the Lord. And now I can understand a little bit. But also, I'm not a Greek arch- arch- Orthodox. The saints, they have got a ring around their head. Is that right? In a Greek ar- Orthodox Church. They have that they call a halo. I never had... Ever had did you ever have a halo around you? No? They didn't take a photo of you? And say, this is Pastor Gary with a halo. No. It wasn't with Peter that way. But when he came, there was the presence of God. And it's true, we are having the presence of God in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's so important. And there was also a very clear extension of that revival. And even the people around Jerusalem, they brought the sick people and the possessed people. They laid them on the streets. And Peter passed by and demons were driven out, came out, and people were healed. Hallelujah. So we see very clearly This extension, the church grew also outside to to the outside. And in uh, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5, we read a wonderful word. And I can uh, associate this word with the church in Jerusalem. And it says there, For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, around Jerusalem. And I will be the glory in the midst. Hallelujah. The glory of God in the midst of a church is something wonderful. And you will sense it very clearly whether you understand the language or not. You know the glory of God is there. Amen? I can sense it when I listen to the Chinese singing and praising the Lord as I did A few days ago, or yesterday. It's wonderful. But you sense the glory of God. Fire from God will never burn out. Amen? Listen, fire from God will never burn out. Moses, he was in the wilderness and he saw a bush burning. What made him curious to go there? What was it? But it didn't, it didn't burn out. So imagine, imagine here in Jerusalem around the church, there was a fiery wall. It scares perhaps some people, but what does fire do? It keeps burning also to the outside, burning more and more and wider and wider. And that was the cause. Moses wanted to know why is this bush not burning up? It's burning and burning and he would like to co- go there and see. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not Burned up. Fire of God does not burn up. Amen? Amen? I heard some people say, Oh, when I was young, I was on fire for the Lord. I said, What happened now? Nothing. It was not the fire of God, it was something. But not the fire of God. The fire of God doesn't burn out. Hallelujah. You don't have to rekindle it over and over again. As Pastor Gary had to do when we had our, our man's retreat. He was in charge of the fire to keep it going. And it was going out and finally we got it going, didn't we? Yes. That's not with God. God's fire is in us and it burns and it doesn't burn up. Hallelujah. Now John John Wesley was one asked by his young preachers what could we do, what should we do? And these questions are very famous today as well. What can we do in order to draw heaps and heaps of people. I ask myself today, any pastor, any church who asks that question, why, why, why do you want people, what do you want people for? Yeah, well, we want to preach to them. Now, and Wesley had a very simple idea. He said, get on fire and people will come and they want to see a man on fire. You understand it? Get on fire. That's it. Now we see here something of the associates of the high priest. And I want to speak on this. A high priest or a priest in the Bible is very, very highly uh, esteemed. Malachi chapter 2 verse 7. For the lips of the priest should preserve knowledge and man should see instruction from his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. False teachers were surrounding the high priest he was influenced by false preachers, and the Bible says this in one spot very clearly, who were these people, these associates of the high priest? Who were they? We call them Sadducees, or I would call them, sad to see. Sad to see. Because why were they? The sect of the Sadducees. What was it? And the priest was influenced by them. There were two things they taught wrong and didn't believe in. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And hallelujah. I like the word of God and like the Lord. What was the main theme here? The resurrection of Of Jesus. And God proved them there is a resurrection and Jesus rose again. Hallelujah. And the apostles told him very clearly and they brought it or proved that there is a resurrection. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Only those who obey Him can receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, He is also testifying that Jesus rose again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a proof and perhaps the said to cease the associates of the high priest they were hearing this Jesus is alive can't be in our theology there is no room for the resurrection but they are saying now Jesus rose again Hallelujah. and the second thing they didn't believe either was the existence of angels and that was one of the first thing God did. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And we heard our dear brothers speaking here, our dear brother Morris, you know, about creation and so on. What did God create first? The heavens and the earth. And in the heavens, all the angels, all the angels belong there. And you know, these sad to see people came once to Jesus and one of them guy of, of these guys he thought about a little story he was very inventive he said Jesus there were seven brothers and the oldest brother married a daughter of Israel this is my interpretation and somehow he died and he didn't have any children, and according to the Leviath's marriage, that means there was that law, if a brother died, he didn't have any uh, children, then the next in line of the brothers should marry then her, and uh, in order to bring children forth. And so it says it went to the seventh and he died also. Now this woman had, in other words, seven men. Now Jesus, can you tell us whose wife will she be in the resurrection? What did Jesus say? Oh yes, didn't, we didn't think of this. Did Jesus say that? No, that's what they wanted. And Jesus said, in the resurrection, there is not this thing. We are all like the angels. Why? The angels, the Bible doesn't speak that the angels do procreate, do they? No. No. Why not? The angels in heaven have been created perhaps to the exact number they were needed by God. They don't have to multiply, but we do have to be or have to multiply. That's why marriage is there. Marriage is therefore there to multiply. And any marriage that's not according to the Bible unless a woman is not able to conceive. And any marriage that does not con- or bring forth offspring, you know what I mean? The newly env- developed marriage ideas is not of God. Because we do die in order to not to die out and get extinct, extinct God gave us the ability to procreate and so we have children and children are a blessing of God now and then Jesus said clearly they are not marrying in heaven they are not marrying in heaven amen that's why if you want to get married Do it in your lifetime. That's your only way. That's what I decide was the best for me. And I'm very happy about it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, they were now hearing these things. There is a resurrection. The proof was given by Jesus. And there are angels their proof was given here when they were in prison and God said, well, I don't like them in, a, in prison. Angels by the name, I don't know. Go down! And you know where the key is. And the angel came in the middle of the night, opened the door and he said, go out and now you go in the temple and go and preach there. And so They thought these people are still in prison and they wanted to bring them because somebody told them, listen, we saw these guys in the temple already and know what they do? They are preaching there. Can't be. Can't be. Because they have been securely locked up and they sent somebody there the prison and he came back, well, we found everything in order it was securely locked up and even the guards were standing there but the angels of the Lord came and got them out and they were so angry, they were intended to kill them and now they got to the prove, these associates of the high priest got to the prove there is a resurrection and there are angels. And the Bible gives us very clear advice what angels are there for not to be worshipped. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Amen. So God used his angels. Hallelujah. And the angels are under God's command. Amen. And now these associates, they were looking. What? There are angels? How did he get out there? The angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you blessed the early church, Lord. Although this bad incident of Ananias and Sapphira didn't damage the church, the church was alive and your church today is still alive, Lord. We want to praise you, Lord. And I pray that we all, Lord Jesus, might become on fire, set on fire by you and the Holy Spirit might be our might witness in our lives. Hallelujah. I thank you and I praise you. I bless your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen.